Good evening, my name is Savannah and I will be your conference operator for today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the AMRL Q4 2022 earnings call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. And after the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star followed by one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press star one again. We ask that you please limit yourself to one question. Thank you. And I would now like to hand the call over to Sue Dooley, Head of Investor Relations with Amwell. You may begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Amwell's conference call to discuss our fourth fiscal quarter and year end of 2022. This is Sue Dooley of Amwell Investor Relations, and joining me today are Amwell's Chairman and CEO, Dr. Ido Schoenberg, and Bob Shepardson, our CFO. Earlier today, we distributed a press release detailing our announcement. This release is posted on our website at investors.amwell.com and is also available from normal news sources. This conference call is being webcast live on the IR page of our website, where a replay will be archived. Before we begin our prepared remarks, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that during the course of this call, we will make forward-looking statements regarding projected operating results and anticipated market opportunities. This forward-looking information is subject to the risks and uncertainties described in our filings with the SEC, and actual results or events may differ materially. Except as required by law, we undertake no obligation to update or revise these forward-looking statements. On this call, we'll refer to both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures. A reconciliation of our GAAP to non-GAAP financial measures is provided in our posted earnings release. With that, I would like to turn the call over to Ido. Thank you, Sue, and hello, everyone. I'm pleased to report that in Q4, we successfully kept off an important and strategic year for Amwell. On many levels, it was an incredible year. We rallied as a company and executed well, making meaningful progress in the transition to Converge, our software platform that we believe will enable and empower the future of hybrid care, and which has already been embraced and implemented by some of the most demanding and innovative healthcare organizations. I would like to begin by reviewing a few highlights of the quarter then I'll take a moment to discuss the market for our solution and describe key priorities for 2023. After that, Bob will review some key metrics, our financial results, and our 2023 guidance. Then we'll be pleased to take your questions. To begin, here are some highlights. In Q4, we had another great quarter for client migrations, and Converge is scaling well. Specifically, visits on Converge continue to rise and grew from 16% of total visits for the quarter in Q3 to 28% of total visits in Q4. In fact, all of our key operating metrics are trending favorably, and we'll let Bob review that in a moment. Our solution is resonating across all segments of the market. We continue to strengthen our relationships with strategic clients. In one standout example of this from Q4, we formally extended our long-term strategic partnership with Elevance Health. 
we are proud to be an important part of their digital platform for health, which aims to attract, engage, and retain more clients while also achieving operational goals. We believe this validates the benefits of Amwell as the strategic partner that can empower and enable the future of care, and we look forward to the future of this important relationship to help advance innovation from a visionary strategic partner. While endorsement for clients like Elevance in the high end of the market lifts the visibility of Converge, our value proposition extends to clients of all sizes. For example, Northern Light Health, located in Maine, is leveraging Converge to drive some of their system-wide goals around access to care, provider experience, and internal efficiencies by consolidating technologies and streamlining workflows. Northern Light is a brand new client which has rapidly deployed the Converge integrated schedule visit experience across many practice areas with more to come. Our physician champion reports an improved clinical delivery experience with quality and efficiency gains compared to previous telehealth alternatives. And we continue to deliver powerful new solutions in partnership with our clients. For example, with Northwell, we extended their existing roster of robust automated care programs to include an AI-driven pregnancy program aimed at reducing mortality. The chatbot called Northwell Pregnancy Chat identifies potential urgent concerns, links to care teams for evaluation and analysis, and accelerates time to care for women during and after pregnancy. Northwell delivers 1% of babies in the United States, and so far the chatbot has been used by over 1,600 patients with satisfaction rate of over 95%. In one powerful example of the benefits of this solution, Northwell helped escalate life-saving care for preeclampsia for a pregnant woman who reported high blood pressure in the chat. This is a great example of our enabling partner model. We collaborate around meaningful products that provide value, deliver outcomes, and empower our clients to set new standards for care. We are pleased with the consistent positive feedback on Converge that is flowing in from our clients. We are executing well, and we have put many of the platform transition-related challenges behind us while building on our track record as the enabling partner for hybrid care. Turning the page to 2023, it is increasingly clear to me that we made the right decision to replatform our solution. Now, I'd like to speak to the broader environment for a moment and how I see our own role in it. We just completed our annual sales meeting, which was filled with the energy of a new year, the promise of our Converge platform, and the many strong client and partner endorsements of our approach. A lot has changed in the past few years. 
Our teams are motivated by the certainty that digital-first care is rapidly becoming the main highway for a variety of care modalities offered by all types of providers and services, and our role in this evolution is a significant one. Yet, across our industry, we are facing uncertain times. As we see it in Amwell, economic uncertainty creates both headwinds and tailwinds for us. We know hospital budgets are constrained, and yet the challenges facing providers and payers drive an urgent need to leverage technology to achieve their operational goals. In our sales approach, we strive in every conversation to convey to prospects and clients that our solutions are the must-have engine to resolve their pain points today and deliver on their strategic aspirations for the long run. We understand that ROI and outcomes that materialize quickly are a must in today's environment, and at Amwell, demonstrating ROI is in our DNA. This approach resonates with health systems which are prioritizing digital care to achieve important goals around staff burnout, retention, new sources of revenue, and streamlining workflows. We support and embrace patients with their automated programs, engaging them to improve outcomes. We enable models of care that allow our clients to differentiate their own approach to care. Every day, I speak with healthcare industry leaders who are struggling to unify fragmented technologies and define emerging digital care models. They require a partner to work closely with, a partner to simplify this path, a partner who can imply a clinical approach to the underlying software infrastructure and best practices to advance their goals. At Amwell, our differentiation is clear. We have the clinical experience to understand the challenges our clients face. Our platform is purpose-built and future-ready, founded on years of investing and understanding the needs of our clients. Our approach to the market sets us apart. We are a trusted partner. We enable and empower our clients and never compete with them to deliver new and exciting ways to provide care while achieving important operational goals. As we deliver on Converge and the market responds, we are solidifying our role as a digital transformation partner, supporting our clients in defining and accelerating their strategies and aspirations they differentiate their own offerings. Regardless of the environment, we have used this highly dynamic period in history to undertake our own transformation, one that we believe has earned us a leading role to deliver on the promise of our mission and our long-term model. I'd like to take a moment to share a couple of key priorities for the coming year. As we begin 2023, we are laser-focused on achieving progress toward our long-term financial model 
with the following three top priorities. First, a top priority remains migrating the balance of our clients onto Converge. We will strive to ensure the successful migration of our remaining provider clients onto Converge and deployments for payer clients have already begun. Another important initiative for us in 2023 will be to ensure the success of our strategic clients. As we continue with these large and complex deployments, we will provide a shining example for clients and prospects of all sizes who look to us for partnership, enablement, and acceleration of their digital care delivery plans. Finally, our sights are set on pursuing the tremendous opportunity to win new clients across the payer and provider universe while expanding our footprint within our existing client base. Reflecting this, we are arming our teams with powerful new selling tools to enable the sales dialogue, and we are upskilling our teams to master the enterprise-level solution-based selling environment we are in. As we pursue these initiatives, we are further empowered by knowing the hard work of 2022 is behind us and we have achieved a lot. We have completed the core elements of Converge. We have retained the lion's share of our clients. We have effectively migrated clients and grown our percent of visits on Converge. Our client list includes our industry's most far-reaching and innovative organizations. And experienced industry leaders have joined our company and hit the ground running, partnering effectively with our existing talented teams. We look to 2023, aiming to fulfill the promise of our vision of enabling the transformation in healthcare to true hybrid digital care. With that, I would like to turn the call over to Bob for a review of our financials, some key metrics, and our guidance for the year. Bob? Thank you, Ito, and hello, everyone. I'll start with a review of our operating metrics and financial results for the fourth quarter in the year. Then I'll discuss our outlook and guidance for 2023. I'm pleased to report that all of our key operating metrics are trending in a healthy direction. Active providers is an important metric of the sustained value our clients see in our platform. We ended the fourth quarter with over 107,000 active providers, representing growth of over 11% compared to a year ago. As a subset, active providers employed by our clients grew 12% versus last year. We anticipate that our number of active providers will continue to rise as we migrate and implement existing and new clients onto our Converge platform. Another important metric is our average annual contract value, or ACV, which is a good indicator of the value we are delivering to our clients and the success of our land and expand strategy. Health plan ACV increased over 19% to $862,000 in 2022 compared to 2021. ACV for health systems saw a 13% increase to $401,000. This is in line with our expectations during this time of the Converge transition as clients focused on migrating to Converge. 
We expect ACV to continue to expand as we look to grow our footprint within existing clients and add new clients over time. Total visits were approximately 1.7 million in the fourth quarter, an increase of 10% compared to last year. Urgent care visits drove most of this increase in what was the first real flu season since the onset of the pandemic. This surge in on-demand urgent care visits resulted in scheduled visits being 63% of the total, down from a prior range of 70 to 75% over the last couple of years, but still up significantly from approximately 30% pre-COVID. For the year, scheduled visits comprised 70% of total visits. We continue to make steady progress, migrating our clients to the new platform, and we are proceeding according to plan. In Q4, successful migrations drove visits on Converge for the quarter to 28% of total, and that number has continued to increase during Q1. And now onto our financial results. In a transition year with many moving elements, we are pleased to have been able to achieve our revenue guide and exceed our adjusted EBITDA guide for 2022. Total revenue was $79.2 million for the quarter, which represents growth of 9% over Q4 of last year. Total revenue for the year grew 10% compared to last year to $277.2 million. Subscription revenue was $30.7 million in Q4, relatively flat compared to the year-ago quarter. For the year, subscription revenue grew 12% to $120.9 million. During the year, subscription revenue growth was positively impacted by the inclusion of a full year of revenue from our 2021 acquisitions of SilverCloud and Conversa and was challenged by the temporary impact on bookings we had expected while we focused on completing the Converge build-out, successfully migrating our existing client base, plus strategic client deployments. The diversity of our revenue stream proved to be a real asset in 2022 as AMG and client-related implementation services delivered strong growth for the year, supporting our overall growth rate during this time. Moving to visits, in Q4, AMG visit revenue was 12% higher than last year at $35.1 million. Visit revenue was strong this quarter and, in fact, was just shy of Amwell Medical Group's all-time high of $36 million in the second quarter of 2020 at the peak of the pandemic, demonstrating the enduring value of this service to our clients. For the year, visit revenue grew 7%, to $124.3 million. Now on to some detail on visits. AMG visits grew 23% for the quarter and 11% for the year with average revenue per visit at $71 and $76 respectively. As I mentioned, the early onset of an unusually heavy flu season drove urgent care volumes higher and hence revenue per visit lower for the quarter. As we have said previously, while our AMG business is an important differentiator in the market and critical to many of our clients, our primary focus going forward is to drive high-margin, recurring revenue associated with sales of the Converge platform, plus a growing number of modules, automated care programs, and services like AMG. Our services and care points revenue grew 18% to $13.5 million in the quarter, 
and 14% for the year. This strength was driven substantially by professional services revenue we earned as we implemented strategic clients onto Converge. As we have discussed on prior calls, revenues of this type highlight the strategic, long-term nature of our client relationships and the ROI they see in deploying our platform. Turning to profitability, fourth quarter gross profit margin increased 250 basis points versus last year to 42.4%. For the year, gross profit margin increased 80 basis points to 42.1%. Gross margins may continue to fluctuate a bit from quarter to quarter, depending on revenue mix. Contributing to the increase for the quarter were a higher proportion of urgent care visits at AMG and a higher margin mix of services and care points revenue. Over the long run, it's our goal to drive a steady revenue mix shift toward high margin recurring software revenue in pursuit of our long-term model. Turning to operating expenses, during the fourth quarter, our progress in developing Converge crossed a meaningful threshold in our overall project plan. As required by GAAP, we capitalized $10.2 million of development-related efforts in the quarter. Adjusting for these capitalized software development costs, R&D expense increased by $1.6 million in the quarter to $37.8 million. As we have discussed, we believe that 4Q22 represented our peak R&D spend, and given our progress in delivering Converge, we expect that R&D spend will decline sequentially on an absolute basis over the course of 2023. Fourth quarter sales and marketing expense increased 9% compared to a year ago. This was driven by higher sales and marketing activity across the board as we prepared for our January commercial kickoff meeting and ramped our overall sales efforts reflecting the completion of Converge. We made some changes in our sales teams to align our resources around solution selling, which are aimed at driving pipeline development, deal velocity, and deal size. G&A increased 9% sequentially, driven primarily by the recognition of deferred non-cash compensation associated with the terms of our Silver Cloud acquisition. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was negative $43.4 million, bringing the metric for the year to negative $175.3 million. As we discussed on our third quarter call, Q4 completed a full year of careful expense management around headcount, and we achieved synergies from the early integration of our recent acquisitions. As a result, we achieved better than anticipated adjusted EBITDA, both relative to our preliminary guide for the year, as well as versus our updated guidance last quarter. Transitioning to the balance sheet, we ended the quarter with $538.5 million of cash and marketable securities. We are fortunate to have a substantial cash position as it provides the resources to fund this temporary period of investing and the flexibility to pursue strategic opportunities that are aligned with our goals. Turning now to our 2023 outlook. 2022 ended with puts and takes for our business, which we carefully assessed in arriving at our guidance range. First, we experienced both continued impact from COVID and an early and severe flu season, which may not recur this year. As a result, we took a conservative approach and are assuming normalized AMG visit activity of 1.45 to 1.65 million visits. 
We also looked carefully at the spending environment, taking into account conversations with our clients. As Ido mentioned earlier, a challenging macro environment presents us with headwinds and tailwinds. On the one hand, the heart of our value proposition and our partnering approach directly addresses the budgetary and operational challenges our clients and prospects are facing today. This is driving demand. On the other hand, these challenges may also impact expansion and deployment cycles for our solution that are difficult to predict at this time. Finally, we anticipate steadiness in our services and care points revenue, which we believe will remain at approximately 10% of total revenue. Considering these factors, we expect revenue to be in the range of 275 to $285 million for the year. Given sales cycle timing, we anticipate the majority of the bookings we generate this year will come in the second half of the year. So a portion of the bookings momentum we aim to generate this year will translate to revenue growth in 2024. Next, some color on subscription software revenue growth, which is a primary goal for us. As we emerge from this time of transition and continue migrations, we are turning our attention to reaccelerating client bookings via expanded use of new modules on Converge. With Converge ready and reference clients building, we anticipate a return to strong software bookings momentum. Therefore, we believe software revenue will grow faster than our overall business in 2023. Now, on to our guidance for our progress toward profitability. For the full year 2023, we expect our adjusted EDA to be in the range of negative $150 to $160 million. Much of the expected improvement in adjusted EDA will come from the anticipated reduction in R&D spending layering in over the course of the year as we have planned. Wrapping up our guidance, we are encouraged by our progress to date. All of our key metrics are trending favorably, and we have put much of the risk of our transition behind us. Our teams are executing in product and client migrations, and we have earned the validation that our anchor clients ascribe to our approach to the market. The clients we have implemented onto Converge report a very high level of patient and provider satisfaction and technical success and they give us valuable referenceability with our prospects. Our ROI case studies are fueling robust conversations with our substantial pipeline of upsells and new logos. Before I conclude my remarks, I would like to comment on our long-term model as we outlined a year ago. As we enter the next chapter of our transition, we remain confident in the components of our long-term model, which describes our path to cash flow break-even and remains our goal. We believe our differentiated approach to enabling digital care delivery positions us well to deliver sustained revenue growth and expanding profitability over the long term. Thank you for listening. With that, I'd like to turn the call back to Ito for some closing remarks. Ito? Thank you both. Before we conclude our prepared remarks and take your questions, I want to take a moment to thank our teams. They dedicate their talents to developing and deploying our solution, extending our market reach, delivering thought leadership around our mission, and finally, contributing to our unique company culture. In closing, we are driven every day at Amwell to continue along this path to achieving our goals and pursuing our mission. 
our solution is in high demand because it solves important problems for innovative healthcare organizations seeking to evolve to hybrid digital care. We begin 2023 on strong footing. While there remain broader environmental uncertainties in our world today, it's early days for digital-first healthcare. Our role is unique and differentiated, and the opportunity before us has never been brighter. With that, we are ready to conclude our former remarks. Thank you for listening today. Operator, we are ready to open the line for questions. Thank you. Thank you. And at this time, I would like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, please press star and then the number one on your telephone keypad. We do ask that you please limit to one question, and we will pause for a moment to compile the Q&A roster. And our first question will come from Charles Raggi with Cohen. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Lucas on for Charles. Wanted to dive into the 2023 revenue guide implies growth that's uh, a bit lower than we had expected. Uh, obviously, it's well documented the difficulty that health systems are dealing with right now. Um, you know, kind of wanted to dive into conversations you guys are having with your customers. Is the uh, you know is there something slowing with the migration to converge? Are customers delaying things on their end? Uh, is it more of customers pulling back, or are they just putting projects on hold for second half? If you could give more color around that. That'd be great. Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about that. Uh, as I mentioned in our uh, prepared uh, remarks, we are actually uh, executing uh, very much exactly or even better uh, than our plan. 2022 was a year of transformation where we replatform uh, our, our major uh, offering. Uh, this is a high risk uh, time for any company. Uh, and the risks include the potential churn, the delivery of uh, the new platform, the ability to migrate uh, clients uh, to the new platform, uh, to, to, to name a few. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, we did that and some. We finished the year uh, with a solution that is ready for prime time. Uh, and not only that, we were able to uh, convert 28% uh, of our traction uh, into uh, the new platform that is dramatically more efficient, more sticky, and more expandable uh, with very significant wallet share, same store growth uh, opportunity uh, going uh, forward. Uh, because of the initial, and, and very importantly, maybe to add, uh, we did that while retaining the lion's share of our customers and practically 100% uh, of our strategic uh, customers, which is far from uh, obvious. Uh, in addition to that, we're able to have some very sophisticated, large uh, uh, clients like CVS, Elevance, and others that uh, we did not disclose yet, uh, make a long-term decision on the new platform. So looking back, we couldn't have asked for a better uh, outcome uh, for the year. At the beginning of the year, uh, we were able to part ways with an army of contractors uh, that help us uh, create the core components uh, of the platform that is already now uh, being uh, deployed, adding uh, to the uh, efficiency. 
because of these dynamics, we always knew that 23 will be a muted year uh, only because uh, you are unable to sell a platform that is not yet uh, finished and all the dynamics that I just uh, shared. Adding to that, there were two uh, trends, headwinds, uh, that I'd like to point out that weren't as apparent uh, last year and maybe also uh, related to your own expectations. Uh, one is the, the macro. The macro obviously is, is an unknown as it relates to 2023, but it has the potential to impact sales cycles, deployment cycles, velocity of expansion, and things of that nature. While our solution is a must-have, and our clients keep telling us this, this potentially could um, a, become a barrier a, for further growth a, this year. In addition to that, we noticed interesting dynamics as it relates to the flu and the pandemic. Uh, in Q4 this year, it actually panned out to be very positive in the sense that there was a very strong uh, flu uh, season and associated uh, revenue with it, but it just as easily played out the way uh, this year. We felt it was responsible to take those two headwinds into account as we uh, uh, present uh, our uh, guidance, uh, protecting uh, our uh, downside. Also, because of those headwinds, we felt that it's not prudent to include a long list of, of uh, tailwind uh, uh, that we see. Uh, we know our platform is scaling well. We know it's in very much, uh, very high demand. It is validated by so many sophisticated uh, organizations and it's very timely in way of market that is very well positioned to grow very aggressively uh, over the next uh, few years. Uh, so that's maybe a long uh, answer to your short question, but that's really uh, how we ended up uh, with the guidance that we just shared. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, and in terms of uh, your profitability guide, it seems like OPEX is going to be in a similar range to our expectations in the street's expectations. Uh, wanted to hear uh, if we should still think about adjusted EBITDA break even by year 2025 and if that expectation has changed at all. Um, Lucas, I'll take that. It's Bob. Um, so um, just Taking the opportunity to, uh, to to rewind the clock a little bit to about a year ago, when we uh, when we put out that guidance, um, there were um, there were there, there were three kind of core um, assumptions underlying uh, that path to profitability framework, uh, and all of them at the time had a had a had, had different degrees of risk. The first was a continued uh, strong demand for digital care enablement. Um, and, and as we sit here today, uh, you know, we believe that the market opportunity is only better uh, than we thought a year ago. And, and large strategics are voting uh, with their feet on that. The, the, the second one, uh, second key assumption underlying that model was that we would deliver converge uh, and migrate customers, uh, uh, begin to migrate customers over 2022 to get us on a path to where we could sunset the legacy platforms uh, and, uh, and realize the efficiencies associated with that. Uh, the, uh, the, the proof in the pudding there is, uh, you know, from a standing start, we went to 28% of our visits this quarter, or this past quarter, uh, uh, on, on the new platform, 
uh, and that's continued to trend higher. Uh, so, so I think that's a check there too. And then on the, um, on the, the, the last key uh, assumption there was that uh, once we delivered uh, convert the core components of Converge, that uh, R&D would normalize. Uh, and that's happening. Uh, uh, you know, you'll see that in the first quarter uh, start to present, and it will continue to get better as, uh, as we were able, as Ito said, to, um, to sunset the, uh, uh, the, the contractors uh, that had really been the backbone of a lot of that uh, incremental spend on Converge. So, so all of that kind of provides the foundation for bookings and revenue acceleration and our margin improvements. Uh, and, and as we sit here today, visibility uh, on all of that is much better than it was a year ago. Uh, but there are things we don't control, like the macro that Ito just went through, uh, and that can influence the pace positively and ne or negatively uh, to, uh, to, to, to when we get to that, uh, that break-even path. If there is a delay, we're certainly well-equipped to handle that. Uh, we've got the balance sheet um, to, to, to weather that. And also, now that we've got a, uh, a commercial platform in the market, a lot of our spend you could consider discretionary, uh, and, uh, and we have much, you know, a lot more levers to play with than uh, than we have over the last couple of years, when so much of our spend has been driven by delivering uh, converge. So, in summary, we can get there, um, but but if we're delayed, we don't see any change in the fundamentals. And our next question will come from Ryan McDonald with Needham & Company. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks. This is <clears throat> Matt Shea on for Ryan McDonald. Thanks for taking the question. I uh, wanted to follow up on the 23 guidance and start with, uh, start with the revenue. So we were a little bit surprised to see platform revenue decline sequentially in the fourth quarter. And then based on some of the building blocks for 23, um, it looks like it's going to come in lower than expectations um, in 23 as well. So just curious, was there churn in the quarter that caused the sequential declines um, or the outlook for 23? Or is this solely just um, a bookings timing consideration? And then maybe you could remind us what the bookings conversion cycle looks like for um, converged bookings to revenue. Uh, thanks. I'll, I'll take that too. Um, you know, I, I think what you ended with was really uh, the most important aspect of the answer to the question. Uh, again, this is, uh, you know, 2022, very much a transition year, uh, and, and, and with it brings challenges beyond the macro. Uh, we've, we did see customer churn at the low end, uh, especially at the low end where the switching costs are a lot less. Uh, in, in the market, uh, and, 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 and beyond, beyond that uh, limited amount of churn that we saw at the low end, you know, customer expansions are, are, are by their nature with the replatforming delayed, uh, and new prospects want to evaluate the new platform before they sign up for multi-year contracts. Uh, and so, uh, that, that dynamic is very much evident in, uh, you know, really, we've been living with that for a lot of the last almost couple of years at this point. Uh, we're now at a point where we have uh, a, a commercial platform in the market, uh, and that plus a lot of tools 
uh, you know, in the toolkit for our sales force, we think is going to allow us to, to really um, start to inflect on the, on the booking side, which is going to drive, obviously, revenue growth. Um, to give you a, uh, a, a sense for the time from booking to revenue, you know, it, it really depends on, on how large the customer is and how complicated the, uh, the, uh, the implementation. Uh, but uh, a reasonable expectation there, uh, taking into account scheduling on the customer side, our side, and then the work, is probably five to six months, uh, you know, on average. So, so, so you can imagine with, with bookings building over the course of the year, uh, and then, you know, revenue starting to present from that, you know, more in the back half of the year, uh, and, and then driving really growth into 2024, the, uh, the, the, that's the dynamic going on with uh, what's perceived to be, you know, I think muted uh, uh, guidance for the year on the top line. Got it. That is super helpful. Um, and then keeping in mind, it sounds like same store growth is going to be a big focus, and you guys have talked about some of the changes to the sales force to align with that. And previously, you've talked about maybe a cadence of 16 to 20 weeks where a customer comes on to converge, realizes the value, and then you guys can upsell additional modules. Have you guys seen some clients complete this journey? Um, and if so, what does it kind of look like? Maybe what are they, what modules are the highest demand for them to upsell to? And uh, how do you see that trending going forward? Thanks. Sure, Matt. So um, it's hard to compare Converge to our legacy platforms. Uh, Converge is so much bigger, can do so much more, and has so many modules uh, that really cater to a very wide spectrum uh, of needs. Of course, not all our clients need everything at once, it's very common that they focus on the pain points that are important to them today, but they take great comfort uh, knowing that they can really expand uh, in a very material way uh, to, to, to many, many uh, directions. Another trend that is very apparent is our success with very, very large uh, customers. Uh, those customers usually uh, buy from the get-go uh, many, many uh, use cases, although the deployment is staged. They throttle up. It's not binary. They don't do everything at once just because of operational uh, reasons, but they do have an healthy, healthy appetite, and the ACV in those clients is, is significantly higher uh, than what we've seen uh, before. Our, the, when we think about it, uh, we really want to make sure that we maintain our very large footprint uh, in the U.S. healthcare that we had before, and that certainly seems to be the case, and the odds look better and better uh, every day, and really establish a trusting uh, lifelong or at least very, very long relationship with those clients uh, as we serve their needs as a partner uh, as the needs uh, really uh, evolve. Uh, saying it another way, if you think about digital care delivery, it's really hard to overstate the proportion and the importance of that transformation uh, in, in the proportion of business of our, uh, of our uh, customers. So uh, the net of it, it, it really depends on different clients. Uh, we see examples all over uh, the spectrum. Uh, we believe it's a timing issue. Uh, some of the larger organizations, especially pairs, have the capability to deploy more and the need to differentiate faster. 
and accomplish more. Others are a little bit more uh, careful uh, in that environment, but they all trend uh, in the direction of good appetite. I'm pleased to also share that even on our smallest uh, clients with simpler use cases, some of which we lost uh, to, to, to transition, we see a trend of, of coming back as they discover the need uh, to buy more uh, modules that are uh, more sophisticated. Uh, to give you more color on that, maybe to be more uh, specific, um, the, when we look at pairs, the, the enablement of digital first and navigation, we feel is very much in demand today. Uh, obviously, it allows them to offer a phenomenal member experience and also a very efficient way to route those members financially and clinically to the most appropriate physical, virtual, or automated uh, intervention. And the, the benefit of that is that all those modalities work in harmony around a single uh, patient uh, experience. Uh, when we think about health systems, uh, as uh, Bob mentioned earlier, they really care very much about staff retention these days, patient uh, experience, improve efficiency, and the opportunity uh, to diversify revenues by going beyond their catchment area and begin to trade information and services with other segments, uh, very often payers, uh, that they can serve. So that's another uh, very important uh, trend. Uh, the platform is very wide. There are many, many examples. The power of the platform is the fact that it's a single platform that serves the entire market. Uh, and uh, really, our clients are coming with new and innovative ways uh, to leverage that. That trend is likely to greatly accelerate and expand uh, going forward. Uh, to net it all, uh, we believe that we are in the very early innings, in the very early days of realizing the potential of the same store growth uh, with our existing uh, customers. In the interest of allowing everyone a question, we would like to remind everyone to please keep your question to one. And then our next question will come from Craig Hettenbach with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Hi. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hi, Craig. Good Hi, to Craig. see you. Yes. Oh, great. Apologize for the audio issues before. Um, just wanted to follow up on the comments around ACV and the growth that you saw this year, particularly as you kind of play out this year and going forward, just how you're thinking about the momentum behind ACV and any particular, you know, modules that, that you would call out, uh, whether it's an update on the behavioral health side or things that you feel the most, uh, you know, where you're seeing the best customer response. Uh, well, just on the uh, Craig, I'll, I'll just take uh, a little bit on ACV, and then Ido can address maybe some of the uh, specifics around modules and, and behavioral. Uh, but uh, but we we did see, uh, especially on the health plan side, very nice growth in in ACV, uh, driven you know primarily actually both by uh, uh, existing customers taking more so same store sales and new logos, uh, and so that. Uh, that that's uh, very much in line with our plan uh, and, uh, and 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 what we expect going forward. Um, on the on the health plan side, I'm sorry, on the health system side, a uh, little bit more complicated of a story. Still a nice tick up there, uh, but there are a number of uh, moving moving pieces 
on, on, on the health system side. We, uh, we had some benefit from consolidating, uh, you know, a full year of, uh, of, of revenue from uh, Silver Cloud and Conversa, you know, for their customers on the, on the health system side. Uh, we also, you know, uh, unfortunately did see some churn at the low end, uh, as we've said a number of times here. Um, uh, and Ido did mention that we're starting to see some come back, but, uh, but that did impact uh, positively because we lost some small uh, inputs to the average, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the ACV uh, there. Um, so, you know, puts and takes there, and, and, and obviously, you know, some, some movement around, uh, around upsells uh, as, as well was helpful, but, but uh, it netted out to uh, reasonably attractive growth on the ACV side for systems. Uh, and again, you know, we, we expect uh, with, uh, with bookings uh, and, uh, and revenue growth on the health system side, the bookings more this year driving revenue growth in the second half and into next year, that uh, also tick up. So we expect growth on both. It's, it's a key driver uh, for uh, revenue growth, um, uh, you know, for us, uh, you know, along with, uh, with new logo signings. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so, you know, I think that's really, I think, an explanatory around uh, the movements this year. Ito, if you want to provide some color around uh, uh, where that growth is, uh, as Craig, Craig is asking, we, we expect that to come from from a module perspective. Absolutely. Um, so essentially, uh, there are many areas of animate need for the U.S. patients or really patients uh, around, the, around the globe. Our unique approach is not to try to fix it with the service ourselves but rather enable the connectivity to the trusted sources of care and empower them to focus their time significantly more efficiently. Uh, you raised a really important therapeutic area, which is behavioral health, and unfortunately we see a full-fledged crisis and now in the United States that drives different types of demand, including rise in out-of-pocket DTC payment for different modalities of care uh, with mixed, uh, mixed uh, uh, results. Uh, we have a clear vision on how this should uh, play out, but essentially uh, the method is similar to any other therapeutic area that we enable, uh, which is to take the, to leverage the trusted uh, providers that we know that are integrated in our normal main pathway of care and just allow them uh, to be dramatically more effective. So a good uh, example, a case in point is SilverCloud that we acquired uh, last year. Uh, SilverCloud, as you may remember, uh, was able in the UK to dramatically increase the ratio between the number of therapists and the number of, of patients that they can uh, care for uh, more than fourfold, more than four times. And as a result, a dramatic decline in the cost per uh, intervention. Uh, and we did that not by hiring an army of, of psychiatrists and psychologists, but rather empowering the existing therapists uh, to, to be much more effective uh, with their time by automating a lot of uh, tasks. That's the AMWEL way in many ways. We see very strong demand for behavioral health enablement and efficiency and we definitely believe, as you rightfully guessed, 
that this is going to be a very high demand module as Converge is being uh, deployed uh, this year. There are many other examples beyond the times we have right And our next question will come from Jack Wallace of Guggenheim Securities. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, thank you for taking my questions. Um, just want to ask the ACV question um, as it relates to the guy just a little bit differently. Uh, it sounds it sounds like you know, don't, don't expect you know, many new logos this year. It's a it's an expansion within the client base here. Within that expansion, you know my my sense is that this is mostly upsells uh, versus say intensity of use or your clients uh, using the core platform across you know, whether it's you know, more facilities or more settings. Is that the case? Not at all. I'm not sure how you got this impression. We maybe weren't clear enough. We see extraordinary demand for uh, Converge by both existing uh, clients uh, and, uh, and new ones. Uh, the decision to migrate is not an obvious decision. It takes time and integration, uh, training, and things of that nature. The fact that we, in these uncertain times, we see such strong adoption uh, for the new platform is, is very uh, encouraging. Uh, but CVS was definitely was not alone as a new uh, organization that understood the value of the, Amwell, the new Amwell platform, and we definitely plan to see others. Uh, the guidance is focused on revenues, not on bookings. We definitely see that as a year of significant acceleration as it relates to booking, the recognition of which is dependent on various factors, including the macro and the pace of our customers, uh, that we need to be careful in, uh, in uh, predicting. Uh, but uh, I would love for all of you to be with us to hear verbatim what the Converge clients are saying these days in the level of enthusiasm and encourage, encouragement. And that's true not only for existing customers, that's definitely true also for new ones. And our next question will come from the line of Diana Lee with Bank of America. Please go ahead. Hi, um, this is Hannah Lee. I'm on for Alan Lutz. Thanks for the um, thanks for taking my question. Um, just was wondering if you could provide additional color on the composition of revenue growth for 2023. Is it primarily coming from subscriptions or visits? We, uh, Hannah, thanks. Um, we uh, we provided guidance uh, for visit uh, for the number of visits that uh, we expect for AMG for Amwell Medical Group. Uh, so. Uh, you'll see that that is fairly conservative relative to what we posted this past year, primarily because we, uh, you know, don't want to aggressively assume that we again see uh, COVID spikes as well as uh, early and severe flu uh, in uh, in 2023. So I think we've been conservative there, uh, and. Uh, and then on the, um, you know, I guess we would expect, I, I would give a little bit of guidance that, that we would expect uh, that our, uh, our, our software line item, uh, subscription revenue, uh, would grow faster than the overall uh, uh, revenue uh, growth uh, that, uh, that, that is assumed for, uh, for the entire organization. Uh, so I think that uh, gives you a, a sense as to, um, I guess what's going to drive uh, and what, what the components of it look like. 
And our next question will come from Jalinda Singh with Truist Security. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, this is Jay on for Jalindra. Thanks for taking my question. We kind of want to touch upon CVS there, so it is clearly a huge implementation. So I'm wondering if you can talk about what kind of contribution is assumed in your guidance, and additionally, anything to share in terms of how the rollout has been so far, and how do you think about the opportunities um, this might open up the CVS on additional areas? Thank you. Sure. So as uh, many of the participants know, we, we are very careful uh, not to talk uh, specifically about uh, our uh, customers. We are an enablement platform that participates in realizing important uh, business goals uh, for our customers, and they usually like to um, share it w when they're ready. Uh, we, CBS already shared that we are the backdrop of the very large uh, cost company initiatives for digital care enablement, and we can't be more grateful. Our relationship with this partner is very strong, and we are very optimistic about its future and its potential for expansion. I would say more generally, and not necessarily about them, but really true for many customers, especially the bigger ones, usually our, our a business model is such that there is a startup recurring fee uh, for the baseline, and then as more traction, uh, more use, uh, larger addressable audiences uh, participate, and the client throttle up, uh, we are uh, increasing our, our value and, and revenue capture uh, from there, uh, and really there is no exception uh, to this uh, business uh, model. Uh, the potential for the likes of CVS to uh, grow within their own very large uh, footprint already and even impact the entire ecosystem in various ways uh, could not be overstated. Uh, however, uh, we cannot automatically assume uh, anything, and our guidance uh, per design is uh, really assuming things that we have extremely high visibility to uh, there is nothing unnatural uh, in our guidance, uh, and uh, the visibility is only for things that we think are extremely likely to happen, uh, although there is an enormous amount of upside that we believe in, we're just not sure uh, exactly how it's going to play out in real timing and rhetoric. And our next question will come from Eric Perger with Nephron Research. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Dolph on for Eric. Uh, thank you for taking our question. Um, a lot of our questions have been uh, asked already, but um, with respect to the services, um, revenue expected to go to 10% of revenue this year. Um, I just want to gain an understanding of how, te um, how temporal in nature that is um, and uh, how much continues into, would be uh, expected to continue into next year. Thank you. Um, Dolph, I just want to make sure I'm understanding the question. Uh, are, you, are you asking a quarterly question, or is it uh, how much, you know, are you, are you asking how the quarters lay out? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure. No, just, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I think I, I caught that services revenue were expected to be 10% of total revenue this year. Is yep. that, did I hear that? Okay. You did. Is that, ex so if we think about um, what's driving the, 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 that revenue, is that something that we would expect to continue to grow 
in future years, or is, is there any kind of um, lumpiness to this year versus future years that we should be kind of considering? Well, it was more, I guess in 2022 it was more than 10 percent, uh, and uh, and 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 there were there was some lumpiness in that. Um, we you know and and the lumpiness really is is mostly attributable to you know large uh, complex custom integrations uh, that uh, uh, that uh, that 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 we we take on, and um, and so. Uh, Pegging when those are going to happen or how often uh, they're going to happen is difficult, um, but but that's just a component. It, it kind of drives you know up or down the uh, uh, the percentage of revenue. The other components of it obviously are care points, uh, uh, you know, which have kind of an attach rate uh, uh, to uh, to how we're doing on um, you know sales to uh, or bookings to. Uh, to health systems, and then there's also, you know, uh, some um, um, marketing campaigns that uh, that we help out on for our for for uh, a number of our clients. Um, those have been uh, a, a very regular component of our revenue through the years as well. So, you know, the the, the marketing revenues and the and the care point revenues, uh, you know, I, I expect those to continue much as they have in the past. And then the uh, you know the the implementation type revenues, lumpy, uh, tougher to predict, uh, uh, high, very high value as they're really indicative of uh, you know a good forward indicator of revenue to come, um, but uh, but I can't can't really give you much beyond that. And our final question will come from the line of David Larson with BTIG. Please go ahead. Hi, um, it's my understanding that Converge is a very comprehensive platform. It is a full digital first solution. That's one of the reasons why CVS selected you to be one of their key vendors going forward. I, I agree with that strategy. Can you maybe talk about how many sort of different kinds of modules beyond sort of pure telehealth are now part of Converge? So like is there a, like diabetes, cholesterol, mental health? Are there maybe like 10 or 20 additional sort of digital health modules that have plugged into Converge? And then is there a, a higher price point depending on how many different modules your clients select and just any color around sort of the incremental revenue contribution for those would be very helpful. Thank you. Hi, David. You're absolutely correct. Uh, there are really two things here to bear in mind. One is Converge is indeed a platform, and it's a very open platform. And it's designed to really bring together uh, the patients, providers, other participants around the entire spectrum and types of care uh, that are physical, virtual, and automated, but also ac across the entire uh, care uh, continuum in an integrated way. So it's quite a task. Obviously, we don't expect ourselves to offer all those services, nor do we think that's the right way to go at all. But rather, we are enabling the connectivity, the integration, the orchestration more than anything else. In that way, uh, Amazon is much closer to, to Amwell than Epic, uh, for example, uh, in, way of, uh, in, the, in, way, in the way that we operate. Uh, Converge is very easily open to third party, whether it's medical devices 
or different type of uh, programs and so on. We, we don't count them anymore. If there are in the hundreds of uh, more uh, of those packages, if you will, uh, many of them are made not by Amla. They're ma made by the like of SWORD and Title Care and the Cleveland Clinic and, and really many, many other uh, entities that want to participate uh, in the integrated experience. The integrated experience is extremely important uh, for our buyers. CIOs today struggle with enormous fragmentation and, and everybody else is suffering, including patients and providers, by needing to log to multiple apps and services which are often not connected, the source of errors and, 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 and cost uh, in customer acquisition and in other, uh, in other uh, ways. As we grow, we definitely plan to include some anchor applications, some services like automated behavioral health, if you think are very, very important, or second opinion through our JV with the Cleveland Clinic uh, as great examples and use cases for the ecosystem, but we fully expect a really limitless amount of program, programs and services to be offered by others. We definitely plan to monetize the value of integration, uh, both by the impact it has on risk bears on the one hand, and that's the important part, but also by allowing access uh, to different uh, vendors and innovators uh, that really uh, dramatically reduce their uh, entry point uh, into the uh, covered services and the audiences that our clients uh, represent. I hope that a little bit clear. And that will conclude today's question and answer session. Ido Schoenberg, I turn the call back over to you. Thank you very much, Operator. Thank you very much, everyone. We really appreciate your support uh, of Amwell and our journey to Converge. And we look forward to talking you, with you again soon. Have a nice evening. And this concludes today's conference. You may now disconnect.